Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, joined by Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Let's kind of get into some of the happenings in Berea as they get ready to face the Patriots on Sunday at First Energy Stadium. Of course, we'll be back with our big preview pod for Friday morning. Uh, so let's get to it, and let's just start with Deion Jones. We got a chance to talk to him today. You know, sounded like a veteran guy, a guy that's been around for a little while, Still pretty young, honestly, Mary Kay, you know, still very much just entering the prime of his career. When when you look at Deion Jones and the reason the Browns went out and acquired him, what, what kind of impact can he have on this defense just in the immediate future? Oh, I think he can have a tremendous impact right away. He brings that that really solid veteran presence, that leadership, just that guy. I mean, just the one that everybody looks up to. That's what Anthony Walker was. And I really think that someone who's uh, played this game for, you know, six years already at, at a Pro Bowl level in 2017 and has averaged 119 tackles every single year he's been healthy, which is five full seasons. Uh, you know, that's a guy that you put him out on the field and that is going to make an enormous difference. So, I mean, you you can just see pro bowlers. They just look different from the from the minute they set foot on the field. And I, I think that these guys really needed uh, somebody with, you know, what he brings to the table. Yeah, Ashley, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how much he can play on Sunday. Who knows? We've seen this before. Sometimes these guys play a ton in their first game. Sometimes it's a little limited, but... Um, just hearing hearing him talk, what were your impressions of him? I think that he sounds like a guy who's probably going to be ready to go by Sunday. You know, in knowing that he was dealing with this shoulder injury in the offseason, throughout the preseason, got put back on IR um, after the preseason finale down in Atlanta. Um, he He made the comment that somebody asked him if he felt like he could have been playing. And he said, yes, like he understands the team had to do what they had to do when, you know, they're trying to protect him by putting him on IR. But it sounded like to me that this isn't something that is currently impacting him. I mean, the fact that they designated him for return kind of seems to point that way as well. And I just think like this defense, you know, for as much as we talk about, oh, well, these guys have another year together, like they're still relatively young. And this is a guy who's been around longer than a lot of this guy, the guys on this defense. And I think that's huge, especially, you know, you kind of see it throughout, I think different pro sports, but 
you can get a new veteran guy in a locker room and it can change a uh, dynamic completely. You know, in, in Cleveland, maybe the best example I think I can think of of that is when the Cavs got Channing Fry in the year they won the championship in 2016. Sometimes these veteran guys, regardless of the sport, I think can just come in and the attitude just changes and the chemistry changes and it changes for the better. So talking to him, like he seems like an even keeled guy. He seems like a guy who's ready to go out there, I think, if they need him. And I think that's all positives for this defense. And, and Mary Kay, we saw Anthony Walker today in the locker room on on his crutches, and he was actually out of practice uh, today for a little for a little while. We've talked about how much this team seems to miss Anthony, like, just on the field. But I think they missed having him around off the field, too. And, you know, there's a reason that he's back, and there's a reason that he's so present. You don't always see that with injured guys. Um, that they're just like there. I think Anthony Walker is probably going to be there, but at the same time, you can only do so much when you're not playing. I, I think just having a veteran guy, he's going to turn 28 uh, on November 4th. Just having that, just that veteran guy who knows how to show up and do his job and is going to help you on the field. It, it's going to make a world of difference in and what is a pretty young linebacking core. Yeah, I, I agree. Here's the thing about Anthony Walker. Uh, even though he had he had not been around this team very long, uh, you know, just showing arriving last year, he he was a leader for both sides of the ball. He's actually Jacoby Brissett's best friend on the team. Those guys talk all the time. I mean, there have been times when I've you know walked up to just say hey to to Jacoby, and he's like FaceTiming with Anthony Walker. They're constantly in communication with each other. So I even think Jacoby lost a little bit of his support system when Anthony got injured, but from an everybody else standpoint, uh, he's sort of an inspirational leader. He's a spiritual leader of the football team. He's always got words of wisdom from, for everyone, both in person and on his social media. And then on the field, I think you could see he was off to a really great start, uh, but he's a good field general. He was the green sticker guy. He was calling the play plays on the field and doing a really good job of it. And I think that they've really struggled without him in that regard. And I do think that as soon as Deion Jones is ready to take over that role, they need him to do it. They need somebody that can get everybody organized out there, make sure everybody's in the right spot. And that is what they're missing right now. Ashley, I, to Mary Kay's point, just kind of sticking to the off the field part of it too. After the Jets game and, and you were in the locker room, you know, we're all standing around waiting for Cade York and he's getting dressed and we got to talk to him about that missed extra point and what happened. And, you know, it's one of those things you, you'll never kind of forget seeing. And that's when Anthony Walker goes up to Cade before he even turns around and sees us there and kind of sat down next to him and, and talked to him and, you know, don't know what he said to him, but um, it, it's little moments like that, that we kind of get to see. I mean, this is the kicker. Like sometimes kickers are like second-class citizens in these locker right. rooms. But just Anthony kind of going out of his way to to say something to Cade, maybe give him the heads up. Hey, there's a bunch of media behind you. Like it, it's little things like that that I think you miss without a walk around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's one of the most we see it every day. One of the most vocal guys uh, on this roster, and I think we got to see it a lot in training camp, especially. You know, he's one of the guys who's always kind of talking consistently throughout their practices. Um, he's just always kind of around, you know, before his injury, he, you know, trying to 
make things lighthearted, I think, but he also is very much like a leader. Like he often jokes with guys during interviews, like tries to make them laugh. He'll come up behind the scrum, do that sort of stuff to give people an idea. But I think he is kind of the perfect balance of one of those guys, like I said, who can keep things light. But when it's time to get down to business, like he's he's more of a veteran guy now who I think is very vocal in terms of his leadership, but he also expresses that leadership through his actions. I mean, I think the prime example of it is this is a guy who missed time in the offseason, who was poised to kind of be a backup, like you knew coming into this year, basically, that it just seemed like that's what the Browns wanted. They wanted to give Jacob Phillips a chance at that position. But Anthony Walker played so hard, despite having an injury, that he kind of forced their hand into making him the starter at that Mike linebacker spot. So I definitely think he's been missed, you know, from beyond a standpoint of the technical issues in the running game and some of the communication issues. Um, But just from that sort of leadership X factor standpoint, it just feels like they're really lacking that, especially a time now when they're dealing with, you know, these things like missed tackles and technique breakdowns. So Mary Kay, um, I I guess, you know, we're going to talk to Joe Woods um, on Thursday. And, and maybe we'll get a better idea because Kevin Stefanski certainly isn't going to tell us. But assuming that that Jones, who was um, designated to return today on Wednesday as we're recording this, is activated. I mean, are we looking at 50 percent of the defensive snaps? Could it be more than that? Um, You know, it, it's tough to say. He probably doesn't necessarily have his uh, conditioning exactly where he wants it to be. Although when we talked to Deion Jones today, uh, he said he was staying dangerous and staying ready. I thought that, you know, that's one of the things that stood out to me. So uh, that sounds like a very confident player to me. He's played a lot of good football at a really, really high level. So if he can pick up the terminology and Kevin Stefanski said, there is a lot of crossover with what Atlanta does. Uh, if he can pick up the terminology and get himself acclimated Uh, by this weekend, I think there is a world in which he can play 50% of the snaps. Yeah, I I mean, I think that's a fair-ish expectation, but I I just think anything he can give them this week, Ashley, it's going to matter, because I know you're kind of sniffing around some stuff on Ramondre Stevenson. He's a very challenging running back to have to face. Yeah, he is. I mean, this, like we talked about yesterday, this is not a good matchup on the surface for for the Browns, I don't think. You know, the Patriots aren't a typical Patriots team this year, but Stevenson's a really good back, and he's a really good back creating yards after contact. It's one of his biggest strengths. Guys talk about him. JJ3 called him an elusive runner today. Um, I think that's all accurate. So when you have a guy with that combination who's pretty elusive, coming off a career best game in yards, and can get pick up yards after contact when you're a team that's having tackling issues that's the last guy I would want to face in this situation so like we said any help anything different they can do like you you can't keep doing the same thing week in and week out after these last two weeks because obviously something in that run defense is just not working Okay, let's take a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about something Bill Belichick had to say uh, at his Wednesday press conference. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
price, price line. And we are back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast on a Thursday. So Bill Belichick today um, had some interesting things to say. As you'd expect, loves Nick Chubb. And ironically, of course, he passed on Nick Chubb back in 2018. He took Nick Chubb's teammate, Sony Michelle, who's now on his third team. He was actually in Cleveland last week for the Chargers. Um, Nick Chubb, meanwhile, is on pace to rush for over 2,000 yards this season. Um, one of the things that stood out to me, though, from Bill was something he said about David Njoku uh, when he said, Njoku, productive tight end, after Ozzy knew some probably the best tight end the Browns have ever had, which that's saying something. That is certainly saying something. But I've got to say, you know, let's give some love to David Njoku here, Mary Kay. I looked this up. This three-game stretch that Njoku's in right now, I, I I mean, I don't even need to do a lot of further research. This is probably the best three-game stretch he's had as a member of the Brown. 20 catches, 250 yards, only one touchdown. But, I, I mean, this is sort of the David Njoku the Browns envisioned, right? What we've seen over these last three games. Well, it is. And I've been saying this for so long. The fact that, I mean, in order to, to get production, you have to get the football. You have to get the targets. Last year, he was the number two tight end behind Austin Hooper, which that shouldn't have been, but it was the case. And now he's the number one tight end in a very tight end friendly offense. And Jacoby Brissett sees the wisdom and the value in getting him the football, and he's making the most of it. And and I think there's going to be plenty more where where that came from. So uh, you know, I, I think that he's going to be one of the guys that Bill Belichick is going to try to shut down. There are not many that Bill Belichick is circling in red uh, right now on the uh, depth chart, but David Njoku is certainly one of them. He can hurt you over the middle. He can hurt you in the in the red zone, and uh, and he can certainly hurt you in the end zone. So I I do see what Bill Belichick's talking about. Now, Bill likes to uh, puff up the opponent. He <laughs> always does that. Um, but you know, I think he's onto something, uh, in recognizing that, that David is a weapon. Yeah. I mean, Ashley, when, when I've watched Njoku over these last three weeks, it's certainly the targets are up. He's gotten targeted 23 times in the last three weeks, but he's also just, I mean, he's being really productive with the targets run after the catch. He's catching the football, obviously, which, which was an issue for him previously, um, he's kind of use it. They're putting him in spaces where he can use that athleticism a little bit. They're using that tight end screen game a lot. I mean, this has been an encouraging stretch for him for sure. It definitely has. And I think when people have criticized Njoku, like a big thing was the drops or whatever earlier in his career in particular, and that he wasn't good at blocking. Well, we know he's gotten better at blocking. It's like the number one thing the Browns will talk about uh, when they've talked about him over the last year. And like you said, I mean, the the receptions and targets, I'm looking at the PFF numbers now and doing some quick mental math. They have him at 20 of 22 targets, making 22 receptions on those 22 targets over the last three games. So that's, I mean, about as good, I think, as you can get from him. And he's getting targeted 10 times, six times, six times, according to this. So that's a good amount of of looks, like Mary Kay is saying, for him to up that production and just get more chances to you know, get add to that yard total, get touchdowns, things like that. So I definitely think, again, when we talked about that extension this offseason, the Browns saw the potential for future performance there, and he still has, you know, ways to go to prove that this is going to be 
consistent level production. But I think I wrote after that Steelers game, like this is what they need from him. This is why you extend that guy. You need that consistently from him. And, and Mary Kay, if you are going to, I mean, basically just outright refuse to trade him when he asks to be traded and then give him the extension you gave him, which um, that, I mean, that's, that's kind of a classic. I, I mean, I hate to use this. It's so cliche to say it was Paul DePodesta, but I do it all the time. It's kind of a classic money ball thing. You bet on the upside. You know, you don't pay for past performance. You pay for future performance. That's kind of what they were, I think, trying to do here. If you're going to do that, you, you better start utilizing the guy for better or worse. Well, yeah, he's averaging almost $14 million a year. That is a lot of money. That is being paid like the Travis Kelsey's almost of the NFL. And so, therefore, uh, you want the production from him. And I think they're going to keep getting him the football as much as they possibly can. I think he's going to get better as the season goes along. And I think when he's really going to pop is when Deshaun Watson comes back. Deshaun Watson likes to throw the ball to his tight ends. I think those two guys are probably going to be dynamite together as long as they kind of get it together pretty quickly from a chemistry standpoint. Uh, I think that Deshaun's going to be able to get him the ball, especially in the red zone and in the end zone. And I think that David will really start to live up to his potential. By the way, speaking of Deshaun, kind of kind of weird today seeing him in the locker room. Uh, just kind of in and out real quick a couple of times, but it was it was just sort of strange. It just sort of hit like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Obviously, we saw him all training camp or whatever, but oh yeah, he's he's back. Okay, just a, a sort sort of a surreal moment, I guess. Um, one last thing before we go, by popular demand, Mary Kay, it is Patriots Week. I might ask you for one in our preview pod too. Got to have some Bill Belichick story yes. time. Yes. I'd love Bill Belichick's story time with Mary Kay. Oh, my gosh. I thought that I had told this story on one of the pods before. I thought I had. But uh, one of our devoted listeners today uh, told me that he has not heard this story before on the pod. So um, so I guess I guess I will tell it and I'll just have to keep it as clean as I possibly can, (laughs) uh, which is not easy. But um But so, yeah, so Bill would occasionally um, pick up the phone and call me to complain about things or yell at me about something or just be mad about something. And in in this particular case, he he called me and I can't even remember what he was griping about, but he was going on and on and on. And he caught me at a really, really bad time. And it was something that he used to do, um, I would say you know, not constantly, but, you know, you know, pretty regularly, I would get these phone calls from him. And I think it was because when I look back now, I think he expected a lot of me in terms of fair coverage for him. And I think, you know, it really bothered him if he felt that I was shading towards the negative. And um, so he was, you know, just going on and on and on about something. And I just, I, I was not there for it. And I just like, screamed at him and I said if you don't have the what can we say <laughs> if you don't have how about if you don't have the footballs to say this to Tony it was, it was Tony Grossi and Ed Meyer two guys they were called gloom and doom back then and uh, <laughs> they, he always butted heads with those guys I said if you don't have the footballs to talk to say this to Ed and Tony then don't do it to me bang and i hung up the phone 
I love this story. I've heard it before and I, I love it every time. Yeah. And you know what? I just, I had to, you know, we, we had that kind of a, a relationship where we just, you know, we sometimes had to yell at each other and then move on. It was a stressful time. It was a very stressful time in trying to not only cover the Browns, but to coach the Cleveland Browns. They were getting ready to, unbeknownst to us at the time, move out of Cleveland. Um, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, had a, a very difficult time here with a lot of the fans and the media from benching Bernie Kosar. And so it was just, a, you know, it was very, very intense trying to cover him for for all of us. And uh, so that was just a little uh, peel back the curtain with one of my encounters with Bill. I think it would have been like fascinating to watch Bill kind of just go back and forth with that, that media core for 20 years. Yeah. Like he's been in new England for 20 years. And I know like Boston media has this reputation of being real tough and, and all that, but like it's been pretty smooth sailing. Cause all he's done is win there. It would have been fun to see him kind of wrestle and, and fight with this this media core for 20 years. Well, you have to remember, he was young. He was a first-time head coach. Some of us, including moi, were really young. And, uh, um, and yeah, so it was, yeah, it was really, really interesting. And some of our, I think some of our fond memories here, the uh, the Browns beat writers that have been doing this for a long time, some of our, our best laughs, uh, you know, just come from having covered Bill Belichick and just what we kind of had to go through to uh to get through his press conferences <laughs> and i mean just such funny stories about you know ed meyer trying to call him and you know uh, when we were on the road once and have him come down and have a beer with us which just did not go over well um <laughs> but there are so many you know there are so many bill belichick stories that we we all have from from those years and um yeah it was something to re to remember all right well tee up another one for uh our friday Browns preview pod as well. Um, that's, that's coming up first thing Friday morning in your podcast feed. So just make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also check out Football Insider Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get that newsletter every single day. Become a tech subscriber and get access to those exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns. Uh, quick pod for you tonight. Like I said, the long preview pod coming Friday. From Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.